Hey all you motherfuckers with useless superpowers, welcome back to Atsune Miku's Crack House, episode 28. I'm your host as always, my useless superpower by the way is climb ladders faster, Sam Kingma. And I'm here with my co-host and best friend, Miles J. Miles, what's your useless superpower? Uh, my useless superpower is, is, uh, uh, super sweating at night. I have <laughs> never, I have never woken up not completely sweaty. I, uh, now, how, on a scale, like, one to ten, how sweaty are we? Like, like, are we, are you drenched? Or are you just like, I feel it, like, I feel it on, like, my shirts, like... On a decent night, I would say a five, on a bad night, it's like an eight. Okay. That's pretty brutal. Well, you're also, well, you're also in California, where it's hot most of the year. Yeah, and before that, I was in Florida, where it's hot most yeah. of the year, so... I mean, it's my, it's my fault. Based on the locations I've I've chosen, I guess. But but let me ask you a question. Because you lived in Boston for a couple of years, was this an issue there too? Not that I remember. So no. So it's just the weather. Your, so it's your not my. It's, yeah, you're right. Your it's super, not my power. Your superpower is dead as being a coastal elite and waking up sweaty every night. <laughs> my my super my, my superpower is like um like fun 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 from JoJo Part Eight, where it's completely location based. Let me. What what would be my useless superpower? Because I don't do anything. Um. Ooh. What is what is my useless superpower? Why why do you climb ladders faster? Do you climb ladders really fast? Climb ladders faster is like this really like deep cut joke from like a super old video. Because one of the power ups you can purchase in Mega Man Seven or Eight, I think it's Eight, is climb ladders faster. It's definitely Eight because I I played Seven a lot. Okay. Okay. I know Seven was your favorite of the classics. Uh, seven. It was, yeah. I well, it was because the it was like the only one I could beat at the time because it was pretty easy. Which is funny because I because th- people say like Wily Seven is consistently the hardest Wily fight. He is absolutely the hardest Wily fight, but I could beat the rest of the game. Okay, okay, respect. What stages did you have trouble with in Mega Man? Like classic Mega Man. What stages it was usually gave you at hell? The Wily stages that I would have trouble. Oh, okay. The, yeah, the Wily stages are definitely kind of a bitch, especially in like especially. In one and two, because if you game over in two, you lose all your E tanks. Yeah, and that just kind of sucks. <laughs> and there's like no E tanks in in the stages. Yeah, yeah. There's actually quite a few, but like if you're uh, here's the deal. There's only gonna be two moments that you ever want to use your E tanks, and it's during the Wily uh, the the Wily fight. Um, yeah. At the end of the game, after the boss gauntlet. But Mega Man's so good. Mega Man Two gets better every single time I play it. I think that's probably still the best one of all of the core 11 games now. You know, a game that but, gets better every time I play it, because I, I, re- I got really into playing the same game over and over again. Let me just say, all right, my quest to beat Super Mario Brothers on hold for a little while, because on hold, you were almost done. You're at eight two last week. I, I, I got to this point where I realized, like. My quest to beat the game was being stalled by the fact that I could do the first six worlds consistently. So then I accidentally ended up on a quest to be perfect at the first six worlds, which was the wrong mentality to have. Um, instead of just trying to beat the game, I reached a point where I was like, oh, fuck, I made a single mistake. I have to restart. And then I was like, you know what? I gotta I gotta get over this. I gotta like I can't keep doing this. So I'm taking a break um, until until I'm like until I'm like. Because I find that when I take a break from a game, it sinks in. 
mm-hmm. the things you know the things I could do better sink in. And then when I come back to it, it's more innate and natural for me. Case in point, though, is that I, for the last three days, have done nothing but beat The Legend of Zelda on the NES over and over again. A great game. Beat it three times in a row. And then I said to myself on the second playthrough, I said, you know what? I should beat Zelda 2 as well. Um, and it was a little too late. The game's like three hours long. And I was like, ah, it's too late. I'm going to stay up if I do this. So I did that again the third day. And let me tell you, I made a lot of mistakes this playthrough of Zelda 2 because I was, I, was, I, I was trying to be smart. I was trying to get real cheeky with the game where I was like, you know what? I'm good at this game. I'm going to I'm going to mess, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to do a different EXP route. I'm going to try and go for attack first always. And the problem I discovered is that you should really be saving those attack levels for the end of the dungeon cuz what I discovered is that there's usually enough enemies in each dungeon to get your life and magic levels. But your attack levels you're usually not going to get uh, like so I reached a point where I was only getting like a thousand or like a hundred EXP from the end of the dungeon statue. And I was just like, oh, fuck. And I actually had to grind at the end of the game, which I've never had to do before. Oh, shit. Really? You yes. had to grind at the end of the game, mister? Dude, it's perfect. You don't have to grind at all in that game. Don't don't waste your time fighting the fucking super easy bubble enemy that gives you an incredible juicy 50 xp all right here's the problem kill because, because that you only the, need to spend 15 minutes doing it you're set for the rest of the fucking game the no because the grinding that i did was in the end game on on lizalfos who give 150 exp and the small encounter on the final area of the map is 300 exp a piece yeah but that's like a, but those enemies are like annoying and you have to tune no, they're in super for that easy shit. you jump you hold down and you stab their head how many times how many hits do they take two to three. Oh, okay the bubble takes fucking 80 hits at the start of the game <laughs> i have counted they take 80 hits this is why i said don't grind because you're grinding in the least efficient worst boringest way possible yeah, but it gets the job done. No, it doesn't. It gets yes, the it does. This Not, man, this I, I never said it got the job like... done efficiently. I never claimed that this was efficient. I just said it was, it, it gets the attack. It gets my attack up. Bro, and then I can me, cruise let me, let through let the rest of the game. Let me tell you something up front, all right? Let me tell you something, okay? All right? You are the worker in the Triangle Waste Shirt Factory uh, that, that works... 15 fucking hours a day and burns in the building with the rest of it because you're too slow to get out because you're too busy working on your textiles still. Meanwhile, I was home already. No, you were fucking dicking around with the Lizelfos at the end of the fucking game. Meanwhile, I'm cruising into fucking... I almost called it Ganon's castle, but that's not, not right. No, not you're not. Right you're, dude, you're not, you're not cruising. The, the grinding that I did took four minutes. It took four minutes. It's not a race. It is a race, dude. Beating these games fast is important to me. I I actually do not, like, here's the thing. When I play these games, I actually do care that I do it faster than the last time I beat the game. You're, and here's, here's my problem with this, Sam, is that you're challenging me. You're challenging me, the Zelda 2 king. You're challenging this guy. Mr. I grind on the fucking bubbles because I'm too much of a bitch to do the early game. The early game is, it's, Free. It does. The game doesn't get hard until you get to Dungeon Four. Who, you have to deal with these annoying piece of shit fuckheads who They're like so take easy. away your XP. And they take who three take hits. away your XP, dude. They take Those three hits. The They're not annoying. The problem is you're bad. Yeah, that's why I grind against the fucking bubble. Bubbles are annoying. They they take eighty hits and you get bounced back every time you stab them. So you have to. 
constantly readjust. So you're mashing. Not beat. if you're good. Not if you're good. That is not true. That is just straight up a, a false fucking mechanic. Unless you are, dude. Crouched. I will boot it. I, dude. I will boot this Here's shit up thing. tonight. Unless you are crouched, you. Link moves backwards every stab he does while standing up. Which is why the fastest way to attack is to jump and crouch stab in midair. Because it goes over enemies' heads, yeah. and it it there's no end lag. The the stab attack that Link has has end lag unless he's crouching. Which is normally why I fight the bubbles crouching and punch them. Or yeah, but stab that, them. that involves getting them into the right position. Which is easy, because they bounce around in the most predictable pattern ever. They bounce around like a DVD logo. There's still all this fucking setup that you have to do. It's like, not you, you that have to, complicated. You have to sit there and you gotta wait... And like you, and, and here's the thing: if there, God forbid, there's another because because I know exactly where the bubbles are in that dungeon, right? I know where all yeah. of them are. Okay, and when you, uh, the easiest bubble to grind off of is a bubble that is near a bot. So you have to kill the small enemy first, the the blue drop that's called a bot, because I know right. this game because I'm the king of this game. All right. And 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 so you have to kill the enemy, which gets you the additional two XP, but it's still an annoying side, like you know, trip to your to your grinding. You still got to do this, like, one minute thing that's slightly too annoying. There's another spot with with, with the bubble, though. Because as long as, like, it's the only enemy on screen, you're fine. It's, it's when you move around. Because there's other areas where you can get multiple bubbles to appear on screen. But you can just, you can maneuver it. You can fuck around so you can only get one on screen. And then you're good. And then you're in a good spot. And then you fucking beat the shit out of that. Get your 50 fucking EXP. Do that for 15 more minutes. And then... And then you're good for the rest of the game, dude. And then all you gotta do is grind off against the, the Tektites and the Tektite Forest once oh, you get the firepower up. Oh my god! It's so easy, dude. They're but so here's easy. the problem is that, like, my, the way to play the game is that the EXP is perfectly paced where if you just take all the levels... You just said you had to grind! No, because what I said is that I was, I was trying to buck the EXP. Like, I would, I would skip all the levels the game is giving me and instead try to level up attack first. And what, okay. ended up, what ends up happening is that there's not enough enemies to do that a lot of the time. You are going to end up sacrificing a certain amount of EXP because the... Basically, okay, so the way it works is attack level 1 takes 200 EXP. To get to attack... To get to life level 3, you go from 50 to 150 so you're going to get two life levels before you get one attack level on the normal route, right? On yeah. the normal leveling route. Um, so if you skip that, you can get attack level two before you get magic and life levels two, respectively. But if you try to go for attack level three in dungeon one, you have to rely on getting a P-bag drop. There's two places where you can get a P-bag drop from enemies who will give you 200 EXP for doing so, but that's luck-based. And if you don't get the, the drop then you can't get the, the extra level, right? Yeah. So it's this whole thing of, like, the EXP route is, is like, basically you either take every level that the game gives you, and if you fight everything, by the time you get to the end of Dungeon 6, the final free level is going to get you to attack level 8, the last level you would get in a normal playthrough. But I kept skipping levels to get to attack first, and what I ended up discovering is that if you do that, there's usually not enough enemies to make up the levels that you skipped within the dungeon. Yeah, so, you you need to save your yeah you need to save the free levels for the for the really high yeah, level exactly. shit. 
And so, and yeah. so what I thought was, okay, I can save, I, I can, I can get attack early and I can, I can save the free level for the second highest like level that I need, which is just not the case. Um, so that's why I ended up having to grind. If you just take every level that you get, maybe with a handful of exceptions, if you're smart with your rooting, you will beat the game at max level and you won't even have to fight any of the enemies in the grand palace to do it. Or on the way to the Grand Palace. So that's why I'm always mad at you for fucking grinding, is that the game is fucking free. The game is literally free. You just play it, and you'll get to max level. It's not like Dragon Quest. And and this is why you're a fucking moron. But you need to understand, but you, but you also need to understand, because we had this conversation a couple days ago, and I asked you something very specific that you're fucking forgetting about. What did you for ask? Us, for the fucking mortal men. And I said, is, I'm like, your fucking exp is perfect the whole way through does not account for fucking dying and getting multiple game overs which is gonna happen on anyone's first playthrough of zelda 2 they're gonna get a bunch of but game this overs isn't your first tough. playthrough of zelda 2 it's like my second i've only played it like two or three times oh my god i've oh only played god. it a couple times i still really like it it's a fucking fun great game but i'm not saying it like and but it's 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 a tough game it's not impossible i don't think it's even extremely difficult but you're gonna have to fucking chip away at it and work and work at it and get better at it and learn the fucking combat and shit and let me fucking tell you it's gonna be fucking motherfucking disheartening for someone to lose all like consistently lose all this exp and not get anywhere and they're gonna have to fucking grind anyways they're gonna have to do it anyways on their first on their first playthrough. And I'm just the kind of person who like if grinding is available to me in a fucking video game, I'm gonna do it. The only way to stop me from grinding is to do something like fucking Trails does, where once you get past a certain level and a certain part of the game, the enemies just give you basically little to no EXP. Um So it's like, okay, no reason to grind anymore because I'm not gonna get anywhere in a reasonable amount of time. But like I'm walking out. I'm walking out of Dungeon One in Zelda Two, packing some fucking heat. No, here's what you do, okay? Because this is why your route is horribly inefficient and sucks. Is that is that the bubbles? I never wanna... claimed it was efficient. No, I never but claimed I'm going to tell you a better grinding spot if you want to do okay. this. Okay. All right. All right. Better grinding spot if if you want to do this, which you shouldn't. There's no reason to. But better grinding spot if you want to do this is you want to uh, get to area two. So you're not going to leave Dungeon 1 packing heat. You're going to be fucking normal. And you want to do the big encounters on Garayas in the field, on the plains. And if you make it past Death Mountain, you want to do the big encounter in the desert against Garayas, who give 30 EXP each, which is 60 EXP per encounter, which is 10 more than you get on the bubbles for an easier enemy. But I have to go through all of Death Mountain. Not the first one. The first one I'm saying is you get 40 EXP per these really easy enemies from the planes. Now it's okay. 10 less, but they're easier enemies. And I guess you can, in and because they're on the planes, you can spawn them e easier. Yeah, it's easy to But spawn you have them. to run into it. Now, I, I always forget how, how the enemy encounters work. Is it tile-based or the monster sprite-based? Uh, it is monster sprite-based. Okay. I still have to, but see, there's like more effort there because I have to like make sure no, I run into the specific not. one, right? There is because, not more. But effort. when enemies come at you, but when enemies come at you in the overworld, three are fucking all shaking around. Yeah, you. And, and guess what? The big encounter is always going to spawn to your left or right, depending on which direction you're facing. If you're facing down, it's always going to spawn to your left. 
Yeah, and if you're facing up, it's always going to spawn to your right. So, and and here's the thing: the music cue is you always going like, to tell you. You say that like it's totally common knowledge. Yeah, because you just use your eyes. And the thing is, the music cue always will tell you when the enemy is going to spawn every time. Now it is based on walking. You do have to walk back and forth, right? Yeah. But the th- sing it with me now. Dun da 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 dun 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 dun. The enemy always spawns on that note. You can hear it and see it. You just have to use your fucking eyes and your ears. But I can't put on a fucking podcast like I can with the fucking bubble and just knock out the fucking bubble to I like in 12 so minutes. Much. It's not, it's just not that big of a deal. I really it's, don't think it it's that big of a deal. It is a massive deal. Yeah, it's a massive deal for you because you're trying to beat the game as fast as possible. I'm just trying to beat the fucking game. Yeah, but there, but you can do it faster and less annoying and with a podcast on. See, what the fuck are the crackheads going to do? They can't listen to us. With my, with the, the Sam Kingma method, they can listen to Crack House no, it's while really they grind off the bubble th- for 15 minutes. There are multiple minutes. ways. There are multiple ways to time rhythm, including actually using time when you get back to it it, you just develop a muscle memory as well like this is my problem with your stupid method is that is that it literally is like what is the least amount of effort for the most amount of work what is you're you're literally saying what is the least path of resistance to act to actively make the most work for myself once it's time to do the actual enemy encounter how do I make the most work for myself on the back end? As opposed to doing the front end and then having the least amount of back end work. So hold on, hold on. No, because here, here's another benefit. Here is another benefit There's of working no with benefits. the fucking bubble. Well, like, because here's the deal. You still have to deal with the fuck. Because here's the deal. I, here's the deal. I got to be honest with you. You're saying about, I don't know fucking Zelda enemy names. They're all fucking. I don't fucking know any of these fucking names. So when you're like, oh yeah, fight the fucking Gorgamons or whatever. They spawn <laughs> on the left. The, I'm the, like, what or, the fuck? What even, what Pokemon are we talking about? Orange like, rats with boomerangs. Okay, those guys. Okay, I think I remember them. It's been like three or four years. I haven't played, I've not played Zelda 2 since college. And you're challenging me. And my I'm not, cha- I'm, not, I'm, not just, I'm not saying anything. Like, this is, this is my thing. I think it's good. I think it's a, a fair, I think it's a, I think the bubble is a fair grinding spot for beginners because the bubble's not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to mess you up. It's a terrible grinding spot for beginners. It's not going to mess you up. It's just going to get you going. It's just going to get you going a bit, bit. Awful grinding spot for a beginner. The, one of the worst. It's not, it's just slow. It's just yeah, a little it's slow. It's slow because it's awful and they're going to get fucking bored of the game. I mean, maybe that's, I mean, probably true, but also like, fuck, it sucks. Then, then move on. Then like, it's grinding. You don't have to technically do it. But that, but I don't want you steering these people wrong and saying this is the way to play the game because I know you. And you think you're fucking strat and you're tech. You think it's the right way to play. Let me tell. I'll tell you what. I never said it was the right way to play. I just said it's a good way. It's a good way to get some more levels if you're a fucking beginner. It's not That's a good way to get levels I said. if you're a beginner. That's the point I'm trying to illustrate. It's a terrible way to do it. But it's a way. It's just Eight slow. Hits. Do you know how many hits the final boss takes? No. Eight. Eight hits, Samuel. Oh, can I, I let me just say something. I, but at I, Shadow Link, that's basically like 80 anyways, because 90% of your hits are going to get fucking blocked. Oh, I actually beat him. I beat him legitimately every time. Yeah, but like how, how many sword swings do you fucking make? Not many, because you just use the jumping attack. 
What you do is you just jump and you stab because Link's hitbox is active even as he's falling. So you can, like, it's like doing a jump slash in Ocarina of Time, right? Oh, okay. So basically, even though you're you're stabbing in midair, as he falls, it becomes a cleave, basically. Mm. So if you are able to stab just above his head and then the sword falls just slightly, right? Because the, the sword isn't out for that long. If you do it at the exact right time, you'll stab over his shield and you'll hit him really consistently i think i didn't even get hit that fight that that's the problem is you you can't fight him normally you have to fight him jumping attacking over his shield and and if you're gonna be like oh use the fucking corner trick i'll tell you something you're a virgin you're fucking virgin if you use the corner trick well here's the fucking deal that final fucking dungeon is like a it's a six minute fucking cruise it is to the end it's it sucks it's not fun to fucking make and I don't like fighting the Thunderbird. The Thunderbird's not like hard. He's just kind of annoying. I will. I will say I. I didn't have enough magic to cast shield, and I ate my own words because I said I'm not afraid of Thunderbird. And then it turns out if you don't use shield, he does three boxes of damage. Every yeah, he's time. fucking ridiculous. And I, and I was like, oh shit! But his pattern is really easy. Yeah, like once you once you get it's just one of those things where it's like he's not that hard. But if you get hit, like you really, you really fucking hate yourself because he does. Again, he does a lot of damage, especially without shield. And I just don't even want to fuck around. At that point, it's like fuck. I don't have any more lives. I don't want to fucking do that shit again. I'm going in the fucking corner. I'm not fucking around. I'm not playing this fucker's game. This is what I like about Zelda 2. because every enemy has a bunch of like really easy to learn tricks that like invalidate them or make them much easier. Like, and and it's just it's a smart combat system. I was talking about this with a friend of mine where I was explaining that I think that Ocarina of Time has good combat, not because it's deep. It's not, but because it has good enemy design, enemies that are really fun to interact with, which which makes the combat fun. Unlike Majora's Mask, where all the enemies are obnoxious and the worst, um, and you just stab them in the fucking face. Ocarina of Time's enemies, like, you have the Dynalfos who jump back and jump forward, so you mirror their own attack and jump back and jump forward at them, and it's great and fun. You have the Stalfos where, like, the objective is you close in on them so that when they let their shield, like, you want to be in the, the Stalfos's face with the Iron Knuckle, you do the same thing as with the Lizalfos where you, you jump back at them. With the Poe, you can summon, like, they disappear, you know how the Poe disappears? Yeah. Um, you can throw a Deku nut and make them reappear again. Or when they're swinging their torch, you can move in with your shield and bump the torch with your shield and it automatically makes them appear again. So there's just all these like very fun little like tricks with, you know, with these enemies that just make them generally interesting to interact with. That's something I really liked about Sekiro too. Sekiro's got the same thing where usually enemies always got a, uh, have, they always got like one or two fucking meme things you can do to just fucking absolutely wreck them. Which which is a, a very classic, like, I, I think, and it's interesting because we, we sort of talk about, like, good combat nowadays as combat that has a lot of options on the player's end. People don't really factor enemy design into that a lot of the time, which I find very funny because, like, we talk about Devil May Cry 4 as, like, the greatest action game of all time. Um, but a lot of people... Don't me in with them. I never said that. Well, no, like we, the community, like the, 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 the community of gamers. Yeah. The community of racists. Um, the community of <sighs> anti-Israelites. They, they talk about DMC4 as like one of the best combat systems in games. Um, but most people who play DMC4 also agree that the enemy design is really bad. Uh, yeah. but it's because the game's actual options are so deep and so impressive. 
Um, and there's so many relevant actions that you can take that all move into each other and all flow into each other very naturally, uh, yeah. including, you know, including using different states, dashing and, uh, you know, dashing in and out, um, using distance versus melee, like, uh, and, and that's just like at the surface level of like, here's what the system allows. That's not including actual button combinations that work in tandem canceling, um, you know, various like, um, I don't really know the DMC4 tech that like the names that well, but like you watch a lot of DMC combo videos, you'll see a lot of kind of similar things weaving in and out of each other. Um, so we talk about good combat in that area, but I, I oftentimes think good combat sometimes just comes down to having good enemy design, um, which is which is why I always talk about Ocarina of Time having the bet some of the better combat in 3D Zelda because just the enemy design is really good and all the enemies are different from each other and most of them don't just die in like you know in a, in a single hit and then you move on with your life like and 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 even then like some of the more like annoying little annoying enemies like the sculptulas and all that like you can invalidate them with a jump slash which does twice as much damage and then once you get the arrows you can just pierce them so there's still that kind of gradual upgrade curve that i find very interesting zelda 2 is very similar though where um Enemies usually will have, like, a trick that makes them easier. I like that the Daira, the axe-swinging, alligator-looking monster, if you stab them in the legs or in the face, um, they'll always get knocked back. So you stab them while they're holding their axe behind their head. You stab them, which knocks them back as they swing the axe, causing it to narrowly miss every time. You do that rhythmically, in four hits, they're dead. 70 EXP for free, dangerous enemy, invalidated. It's so much fun. Or, like, Stalfos will always, like close in on you and so you just stab them so that they move back and you just you stab them so they move back and then you chase them so as they're moving back you stand up and move in towards them and stab them again in the leg so you're constantly forcing them back um same thing with iron knuckles except this time you're jumping and stabbing over their shield to hit them in the head um it's just all very interesting and all very fun um and even though you can just fight those enemies by stabbing them randomly there's always something that like their attack pattern, it makes it really easy to just cripple and invalidate them. And it's great. Yeah. Uh, and then there are some enemies you actually have to fight like a man. Like the, the Dyras who throw axes. Like, you're not going to interrupt those axe throws. So you have to jump over the axe and stab them and then jump over the next axe. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I mean, I could go on and on. There's a bunch of great enemies in that game. And that's that's why, like, I actually think I prefer to play the game with lower attack. Like, the attack levels that they give you because it means you're fighting for longer. Um, and it means that, that you're heightening your own tension. I mean, and, and you could argue that the trade-off of, like, having less hit points so that you have to kill them faster, um, but also do a good job is also a good way to do it. But, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I think I just like the feeling of, like, getting into these longer fights with these enemies. Yeah, I, I just am, a, I'm of a big fan where it's like, hey, you know, what? I, I've always been, like, uh, in, like, an RPGs and stuff, like, great defense is, like, a better offense. It's just like, well, I don't need, it's like, I don't, it's like, I, like, whenever I play Dark Souls, it's like, I don't fucking need armor if I'm going to take out Ornstein and Smo in five hits. Like, if all I need to do is land five hits, it's like, yeah, I can do that. As opposed to, yeah, I got decent armor, but I fucked myself because, you know, I, they're going to take, you know, 12 or 20 hits. But, but th that's, that's the thing is that, like, ultimately you can do that 
in Zelda 2. The trade-off is that you're going to have to give up every life level you get and give up every magic level you get to focus on attack. But if you aren't going to take hits, then you're not going to need magic or life, really. You're not going to need the shield spell. You're only going to need the jump spell on occasion. Jump Um, spell and then fairy spell a couple of times. You need fairy spell, which means that they're going to be mega expensive, but that just means that if your priority is life over magic, then you're just going to take magic instead. But you, yeah, you need the jump spell, you need the fairy spell, and you need the reflect spell to beat a boss. And that's really it as far and as required spells. And then you need th- the, the, the Thunderbird spell. Yeah, you need Thunder spell, which you want to be at max level for that, because that takes eight levels. Um, yeah. it, it's at, at level eight, it's 64. At level seven, it's 100 MP. Oh, damn. So, fuck. You, you, can't, even, you can't even minimal level that game. You can't even do it without leveling up at all. No. Think. No, the game actually won't let you just not t- pick levels once you reach the maximum level of once you reach the maximum exp gate of whatever it's like all right you have to choose you gotta pick a level gotcha because there are no options above this you're picking a level one one option that you do have though is if you don't mind giving up one level you can get attack to level eight and then at dungeon five you can get nine thousand exp from the the end of level exp boost yeah and you can just pump that EXP into your missing life and magic and get like a big end game boost. This is why your way sucks, Sam, because it's, it's stupid. I'm going to fucking I'm going to fucking play play your fucking way. And I'm going to be like, yeah, I was fucking right. I should have fucking grinded because I'm getting my fucking ass beat in. Why don't you just grind against the enemies I suggested you do? I I'll probably will do that and st- I'll probably do that. Yeah, just like on the way because it's because here's the deal. Like I'm going to I'm still going to grind like right before I get to the boss. I'm going to be like, OK, let me get let me grind up to the nearest level because I want as much EXP as possible for the free level. Yeah, well, that, that's what you do. My my recommendation is at level uh, at, at dungeon one, uh, skip all of the levels that you're offered to get to attack level two and then afterwards just catch up. Um, because once you do that, you'll either get life level four or attack level two at the end of the dungeon. And both of those are great free things because they take 400 and 500 EXP respectively, which is really hard to get at that point in the game. Yeah, not after fucking grinding bubbles, bro. No, if you're grinding bubbles, you know, it takes 20 fucking minutes, but sure. But that's the thing is that free EXP thing is is easy to get to. And then you can get to the next few levels off the Garayas relatively easily. Because here's the thing, two Garayas each, right, in the field. You kill yeah. three, gar- uh, you know, you do three encounters. That's uh, 120 EXP. So you do nine encounters. No, it doesn't. Does it? I mean, it's, I mean, I think it's. A, I think. I mean, you overshoot a little bit, but I, I mean, you hit what you hit what you're going for. Sam, you saw some movies this week, Fuck, didn't you? Fucking shit, dude. It's fucking Monday. Am I right? Let's. let's yeah. Fucking no, this right? is. Yeah, this episode is a shit show already, because uh, I yelled at you about Zelda. You saw some movies, didn't you, Sam? I did, I did. I saw a bunch of fucking movies. I've been hanging out with one of my good buddies, Billy. Shout out. I'll get it. We'll get him on the show one of these days. Um, Talk about Super Heroes. You f- f- fuck, it, f- fuck you. Shove your fucking dick up your ass, dude. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny, because we, we, have, we have both sort of picked guests. You wanted yeah. Joe. I wanted Tom, I wanted Chris, and, uh... I also wanted Tom, but you were the one who suggested it for the... I just wanted that on record. No, fair, fair. Well, at the end of the day, like, I mean, Tom is our friend, a friend of the podcast, friend in general. 
Um, the only person I like. Uh, <laughs> so, so he was a good choice, and we'll get him back here to do a proper episode. But yeah, but yeah. So, so I, it's funny because we, I have had more guests on the show so far than you, and I'm still mocking you constantly. Yeah. Just because every guest they throw out some fucking Hail Mary every time. It's a fucking Hail Mary. One of the, here's the deal. I'm all, my, my idea is that if I shoot out a hundred Hail Marys, one will work. Well, the, the Baja Man is what's going to work. The Baja Man? But like, what the fuck are the Baja Men going to talk about? <laughs> That's the thing. point. We talked about this last week, which is that, that the joke is we have the Baja Men on we the We got them. Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a 15-minute t- episode. Because we'll, we, we'll have nothing in common with the Baja men. It's like, yeah, hey, fucking, who let the dogs out, am I right? Like, that'd be the whole podcast. We might talk about coconut. Yeah, oh, I would definitely want to talk to them about fucking coconut. I want to see if I can get the fucking rights to use coconut in fucking videos without getting taken down by fucking Warner Music Group, those motherfuckers. Speaking of Warner. Yeah, speaking of Warner, I saw a bunch of fucking superhero movies and superhero TV this past this past week so i watched a couple i watched a couple things i'm not going to touch on everything i watched because like there was some stuff that was like good that i just don't really have anything to say on like avengers or batman mask of the phantasm which if you haven't seen that by the way good but there's a couple i want i wanted to fucking shout out mainly teen titans versus just justice league versus teen titans for being just fucking garbage like i genuinely thought it would be decent because everyone says like that like 18 string of movies that animated movies that DC's been doing I think at the turn of last decade they've been doing them apparently everyone says they're very good Mo- like a majority of the mo- films are pretty good and I've seen clip outs and I've been fascinated and been interested but I finally sat down to watch one and I'm like oh fuck I want to watch Teen Titans vs. Justice League because I'm a big fan of Teen Titans growing up of course I want to see them fight the fucking Justice League. They don't fight the fucking Justice League in this movie, Miles. They they have a fucking fucking marital spat for five fucking minutes at the 70% waypoint, and then they're going and fighting together and taking out Trigon. Movie fucking sucks. I gave it a one star on Letterboxd. It's my only Letterboxd <laughs> review. <laughs> I was about to say, if you, have a, if you have a Letterboxd account you use frequently, you're off the show. Not frequently. It's the only review I have up there. People, people who review movies, I think, are maybe the worst. Like, people who do, like, Redbox reviews and Letterbox reviews and, like, Rotten Tomatoes reviews. So, like, here's the deal. Have you actually read any Letterbox reviews? Because the majority of them are fucking hysterical, either intentionally or completely unintentional. That, that's the thing, is, is it's funny when they're intentional or unintentional. My issue is, like, people who, like write serious like reviews of these films like i came into the film expecting you know this 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 and i got some of that but unfortunately a, a lot of it was just a significant letdown namely i was ex- excited to see uh lighter um you know lighting expert dean cundy return to the film after jurassic park oh, oh if you're dropping lighting expert dean cundy you got to get the fuck out of here you need I, there, to get there the was, um, fuck out of here. There, there's a great, like, tweet that was, like, parodying film Twitter, because film Twitter is the worst. And it was, like, film Twitter reviews uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> and and they said, and, and this is a great tweet because it said, I just got back from Ernest Scared Stupid, and it's a lot. Some of it's good, and some of it isn't. I think I need time to process this. And that's the whole tweet. <laughs> and it's, like... Perfect. that's very that's very yeah that's very accurate like that's like that was brand. that was my that was what i felt after i'm thinking of ending things 
Oh my god. I I uh so on my other podcast, Critically Pants, shout out them, love them. They all watched that for the show, and I obviously was not around with them because I live, you know, six hours away from them, and totally just forgot to fucking watch it. And thank fucking Christ I did. That movie sounded like a boring nightmare of a film to watch. It's 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 got a really good there, there's someone made a, a post on Twitter like ages ago, which is you don't like the movie. You just like the last 10 minutes. And this describes a lot of things that I like. Paranormal activity. Yeah, it, it describes the ending of Death Stranding. Death Stranding, one of my favorite games of all time. As I Yeah, but you only like the last 10 minutes. Uh, No, no, I, I like I like 38 hours of the game because the ending it's roughly a 40 hour game. And then the ending is about, you know, it's it's a lot of fucking cutscenes. And the ending, there's like three endings. It's it's similar to MGS3, uh, where it's just got a bunch of different endings. I'm just thinking of Metal Gear Solid 2, because I remember when I beat Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty, I beat it on, on my Vita, and I played a majority of it, like, over the break, and then I, like, put it down for a couple weeks. I'm like, I have to get back to this. Came back to it, I fought the three Metal Gear Rays, and it's going through all this shit, and we're on top of the fucking, uh, what, what building... No, 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 oh, no, um, on top of the building. Yeah, you're talking about uh, Liberty Hall. Thank you, Liberty Hall. Uh, I'm like, it's fun, some fucking historical place, but I don't remember. Um, yeah, you're on top of fucking Liberty Hall. I'm like, fuck, we're gonna fucking beat Solid Snake's ass. And then he's like, no, Jack, I killed your parents. And it goes into another cutscene, and I'm like, fuck! <laughs> like, I, I'm tired. It's 1230. I'm gonna have this for an hour. Can I go to bed? Th this was my my problem with both Death Stranding and Final Fantasy VII Remake. Both games end about two hours after you think they're supposed to end. Oh, I hate that shit. Oh, that's my biggest pet peeve. Oh, it's Don't fucking awful. If you could, here's the deal. If you want to pull that stunt, the shit that comes after better be fucking good. Because otherwise, you're gonna have a Last of Us Two situation where I'm just up, I'm just mad about the whole thing. So, so Final Fantasy VII remake has the ultimate like hail mary thing because the so the 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 length of it is so fucking insane and absurd and it sucks. You do a whole level that sucks, uh, which is just to use some of the weirder enemies that couldn't be normal enemies. And I was like, this is cute, but it's taking way too long. And then you do two of the best boss fights I think I've ever fucking done in my life, like at one after another. They're back to back. And I'm like, this is great. And then you fight one boss that's okay, because unfortunately it's Barrett and Aerith, and they don't really play that well. Oh, the robot on the elevator. The, yeah, I know, you fight the boss I, yeah, on the elevator. I know, the fight, I know you're the fight you're talking about. Yeah, when you're on the elevator going down the elevator, and then the other elevator goes down, the big giant robot comes. That shit rules. They they cut the ele they cut the elevator, uh, unfortunately, because it, it would make no sense in, oh, okay. a, in a game of that kind. But uh, they use the helicopter boss earlier in a really great segment where you have to climb up to the to Shinra. So they, they were like, we'll separate the bosses and we'll put them in this chapter. And it's fucking awesome. They make awesome. you run up the stairs again in the remake. You That's can like run up my the stairs or take the elevator. But yeah, if you run up the stairs, it's actually funnier, I think. Okay. Because because it counts the levels and it, and, yeah. it, and it's like a race. Like it's like Barrett is on this floor, Tifa's on this floor, you're on this floor. Um <laughs> and and it's like a race and like you can actually hear them getting out of breath. Dude, I fucking Oh, fuck. I Cannot wait to play this remake. I am very excited. But, but I won't. I won't spoil unless you don't care. Um. But I won't spoil Se the Sethroth, right? At the yeah. End. Okay. You, yeah. Yeah. But that's the the hail mary is you fight this boss that like sucks and it's like annoying and it's a clusterfuck and it's one of the only bosses in the game I think is like basically unfair. But then you but then you fight Sephiroth and it's like no gimmicks and no one winged angel. It's just Sephiroth and a sword fight. 
Do you think they just blew, do you think they blew their load a bit too early? You no, think? because you still have other forms of Sephiroth. The thing is, we have never fought Sephiroth one on one like this, so it's novel still. Okay, I think okay. I think the ending is too big for its own good. Like I was like you like because you get to the end of the highway, right? I wouldn't have minded if you just fought Sephiroth on the highway. Yeah, that would have been pretty fucking sick. Yeah, honestly, and then and, it ends and the motor- off on the the see you see like the. The grass, I don't, the green, I don't fucking know. It's all uh, brown. It, it's like, it's all, because Midgar is dead around Yeah, itself. Midgar's down, but once you leave, <laughs> once you escape to the overworld, which the game no, hits you with, it's still brown around Midgar, in. is the thing. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right, that's right, the that's earth right. Is, the earth is rotted around Midgar. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right, because it's a big dome, and it, and, it, and, it, and it shields it from the sun, that's right. So well, all no, the, but, every, but all the, the life the, would die. There's a dirt patch surrounding the outskirts of Midgar, because it's pulling from the earth. Okay. What you have to get kind of far away from Midgar to see grass, but but it's a whole thing. Um, and and I wouldn't have minded if like you did that with like Sephiroth, and you still fought him. Um, or even if it was like a battle at the center of the mind kind of thing, like a you know Cloud fights Sephiroth in his own head. It would have been yeah. cool. But either way, you fight Sephiroth, and it's like the ultimate like, oh my god, you know what? Fine. If it took you this long to get to Sephiroth, fine. Um, versus Death Stranding, where it has one of the most obscenely overly long cutscenes of things that I know already or things that I just didn't need explained to me. I, it's, it might be like Kojima's worst moment in any of his fucking games is like having a segment where he just over explains the nature of, of the beach in the afterlife. I'm oh like, God. I don't need to know these things. I'm like, I, it's not, it's not important. It's all themes. Anyways, I'm get, I get, I get what you're saying. You don't need to, that, oh man, I always, I, that, that's one thing I always respected about like Ava is like it's like with Evangelion, like all the lore shit is like in fucking video games, yeah, and, books, and in books and elsewhere. It's just like it's like just don't don't fucking worry about it. It's all theming. It's 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 all backdrop. It's all yeah. Bullshit. So and and it's so long. Like and it and you you just get like fucking exposited at, and it's fucking embarrassing. It's genuinely one of the worst things in any video game ever. One of my favorite games of all time. Uh, and um. And then you see another really long cutscene, but it's cutscenes you've seen as flashbacks from inside of like a, a tank. You you see flashbacks of the BB like when okay. they were in the tank, um, yeah. but you see them outside of the tank. Um, and it's like this is fine, but I already got too many of these cutscenes. I don't want to see this again, especially after that really long cutscene. I want to get to the ending. And yeah, then, I've seen quite a few of those BB stuff, anyways, and I'm only and I'm only played like ten hours of it. Yeah, so you're like, I don't want to see these again. And then the last two minutes are like, like actually make me cry, like the most emotional fucking like I've ever been in a, at at a at a triple A game. Like, I actually I genuinely would say it's the most emotional I've been at a, at a triple A video game in a long time. And and it's it's just like it fucking kills me. And I'm like, you saved it. You saved it. The last two minutes, you saved it, Kojima. I almost walked away and went to bed angry. Um, but but you saved it. Um, and and so like, uh, I I was talking about there, there's an inverse of like this is to get back to something. Um, because Advent Children. You don't like the movie. You like the last 10 minutes. Rogue One. You don't like the movie. You like the last 10 minutes. You know? Yeah, like when they all fucking die. You like the part where they all die and Darth Vader shit. kills everyone. Yeah, thank fuck. And it's bunch awesome. of bastards. <laughs> yeah, you don't you like you don't like the last Jedi. 
<laughs> Sorry, I had to. Um, uh, but <laughs> um, but I'm thinking of ending things as the opposite, which is you don't like the film. You like the first 90 minutes because the ending of it sucks. But there are plenty of movies that people like where the ending is shit. But but the problem with with I'm thinking of ending things specifically is that there is not just a shit ending. They cut the ending from the book. Oh, so it's like some Hollywood original nonsense? Yeah, it's it's like okay, imagine if The Sopranos, right? You have The so Sopranos. What was what okay, so what was the ending of the book and how does the movie end? So the book is about there's no actual girl. The main character is a figment of the the guy's imagination. The actual main character is a janitor. He's like, you know, 50 years old. He's working as a fucking janitor. And the thing is, he is very, very intelligent. He's very, very, very smart. But his life has clearly not taken him where he wants to go. He's intelligent, yeah. um, but he's never been with a woman, never had a higher education. Um, it's implied his parents died. He had to, like, take care of them, and that kind of got in the way of his life. Um, but he's a genius, and he's accomplished a lot, and yet he's a fucking janitor at a high school, right? Yeah. Um, and so he, the, the title is a double entendre. I'm thinking of ending things is implied to be about the girl thinking of ending the relationship. In actuality, it's about him considering suicide. Yeah. Okay, um, cool. That's why I figured. Yeah. It's intercut with the janitor with, with, with vignettes from the high school. Um, okay. of people saying they found the janitor's body. They found someone who killed themselves. And you're slowly piecing together that, that this is just a, a story that he's fabricating in his head. This woman is a figment of his imagination and he's battling reasons. He's battling his will to live basically. All right. All right. And then at the end of the book, of course he kills himself, but they don't do that in the movie. There's no conclusion to whether or not he kills himself. And also they don't show the janitor enough to have some empathy for the janitor. And so the character of Jake, who is the janitor in the flashbacks in the movie is portrayed as like a mansplaining dickhead, angry man, child, like He's just really, like, uncomfortable and off-putting and awkward. And, like, you don't feel sympathetic for him. You feel like he's, like, low-key abusive to this woman. And it's just not a good performance. Or, like, it's not well-directed, basically. Because yeah. we're supposed to empathize with this janitor, but instead it seems like he ruined his own life. Yeah, which is not what the original book's, like, portrayal of the janitor was. Yeah, it, it's one of these movies that that is a masterpiece of, like surrealness storytelling and like all these things and like film people get hung up on the craft and and the the semiotics of it oh shit all my friends are film people and they fucking found it so fucking boring and trite the entire thing that that's the problem is that is that you get to the end and you're like oh my god that's it huh that's it um and and when i found out the janitor killed himself i was like oh my god like and and the woman's a figment of his imagination oh my god that's so fucking pedestrian that's like silent hill 2 it's like a bunch of shit i've already seen and then i said wait it's not pedestrian it's a good idea it's not the fault of the narrative that this is the literal interpretation it's the fault of the movie for making me think that it was going to be something headier with the way it's yeah. presented the actual idea is satisfying if done right, but they deliberately didn't do it right I, I, on purpose so that and Andy Kaufman or Charlie Kaufman has said, like, yeah, I, I changed it because I wanted people to have their own interpretation. I was like, you know, there's a book, right? Like, I can't have my own interpretation. There's a book. Yeah, it's like if you wanted people to have their own interpretation, write your own fucking script. Right. Can I talk about a good movie? Yes. Can I talk about Shazam? Let us 
please talk about Shazam. Shazam is so good. Shazam is fucking actually like no right being as good as it is. It's like they made a good, they're like, hey, let's make a great Shazam movie. It's like a fucking joke. Yeah. This is like just to fucking stick it everyone. Let's make a just a genuinely amazing Shazam movie. Now, everyone's told me that Shazam is good, including you. And I just have never gotten around to watching until the other day when we finished, fuck, I think we finished Dark Knight or something like that. We ended up putting on Shazam. And fuck, it's just so pleasant. What a just a pleasant, fun movie about, man, isn't it cool to have superpowers? Isn't it fun? Isn't, isn't, isn't being able to, to, to fight crime fun? Isn't able to buy beer and, and go to the titty bar underage fun? Like, that's what that movie's about. And it's so good. And it's so wholesome. And it's got this great family vibe energy. All the, all the kid actors are really fun. It's just such a good time. Such a good time. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. Well, the other thing I want to talk about, though, with Shazam, Shazam Wise, is, is it's not just fun, but it's also got a really, like, great emotional, like, story to it. Oh, dude, yeah, it's fucked up. The whole, cons- the whole fucking plot conceit is, like, super f- fucked up. It has a bunch of... It starts a bunch of fucking foster kids, and this, and, you know, you got fucking Billy Batson trying to see his fucking mom, and then he fucking does, and it's the most like, fucking sad, just sad, terrible scene ever. It's so, just so fucking sad. You know what's great about that scene? Uh, this is one of my favorite like screenwriting moments. It's just like he had this compass, you know, and the idea is like the compass would always lead him back to her. Yeah. You know, and that's his whole thing. And of course, we, we see the flashbacks like he has very warm memories of his mom versus the actual reality is his mom was like stressed and exhausted because she was a single mother who had him out of wedlock, got kicked yeah. out of the house uh, and she abandoned the kid on purpose. Spoilers for Shazam, a movie you should see. Billy Batson finds her with the compass. And the thing is, the compass is something that he held dear. She told him to hold it dear. And he shows yeah. it to her and she goes, what's this? I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, that's so good. Because she didn't give a fuck. She forgot about it. It was yeah. irrelevant to her. Um, and then he hits her with, like, the most scathing fucking, like, line of all time, which is, here, you keep it. I think you need it more than me. Oh, God, so good. The, the idea is that she herself has lost her way. And then maybe one of the coolest shots in any superhero movie when he leaps off the fucking building, oh my Shazam God. transforms in midair. The lightning strikes his chest in mid fucking air, and then he flies off. Oh my God! It's so fucking good, uh, dude. I like. There was a couple movies. Like, I don't know if you get this, but it's like superhero chills or like hype chills. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever get chills from like just a moment where you're just like, "Fuck yes, dude! We're doing this." Oh fuck, fuck, fuck yeah! And the in the other uh, in the other TV series, not 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 film TV series that we're about to talk about. Oh, I got those chills every fucking episode. Uh, yeah, no, it's so it's so great. I think like uh, one thing I do give Marvel, I, I shit on the MCU movies a lot just because I think it's fun. But like most of those films are are genuinely like fine to good pieces they're, of film. Yeah, they're good films to see once, basically. Yeah. Yeah, more more or less. That's kind of why I discovered when I rewatched Avengers was I was like, this is fun. Like, this is like a fine movie by all intents and purposes. But like, part of the appeal now was like, oh, it's great seeing all these people together, and it's so fucking quaint. Now, yeah. like, half it's the so jokes we're yeah, half the jokes we were making is like this. This group of Avengers is not equipped to handle the fucking invasion of New York. I'm sorry, but the, all right, Thor, Iron Man, Hulk, they're good. But then you have fucking Captain America. Black Widow and Hawkeye doing fucking, I don't know, ground control? Like, police? Like, you know, fucking nonsense. 
Nah, Shazam's fucking great. So glad we don't call him Captain Marvel anymore. Talk yeah. about like one of the one of the best like name changes ever. Shit. The the greatest the greatest uh, speaking of Hideo Kojima the greatest tweet of all time is the Shazam Saw versus Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Where, Shazam. Where he talks, I love. He's like I I, I got out of Shazam. I loved it. It was like this really great fun family adventure film and you know action movie and all this stuff really funny. Saw Captain Marvel. Yeah, just saw Captain Marvel. Period. <laughs> Saw Captain Marvel is the definitive review of that movie, by the way. Because the, the other thing, too, is he did a really glowing review of Into the Spider-Verse. And these were, like, back-to-back-to-back, yeah. back, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and Into the Spider-Verse, one of my th- favorite things is he says, plus it reminds me of the themes of TPP and DS. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this man is fucking crazy. And then I saw Into the Spider-Verse and I said, this man is fucking right about, about this film. Because they, they, they do have similar themes. This idea of... of passage of identity obviously the phantom pain um and connection through other dimensions death stranding mm-hmm. um so i was like no he's just right about 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 his own uh, games and the movie why well, also rewatch spider-verse by the way this week that movie's fuck oh my god that movie has no has actually no right being as fucking good isn't it? oh yeah well it's it's, it's a flawless it's like, screenplay it's a, it's a fucking incredible screenplay dude and the animation is wonderful and the soundtrack's hopping and great. Everything that makes a good movie is in fucking Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. That is like a DVD I, I will... It, it's just like, it, it's such a... One of the very few things where it's like, I, I would show children this. You know, yeah. I, I would like to show kids this. And I think there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of young, whatever we're calling the next generation, post-Zoomers. Yeah. Like whatever generation, we're going to call... We, we, we got to Gen Z. Like, what do we do now? Do we roll back to Gen A? <laughs> gen gen a plus one <laughs> we have to we have to do we have to do pokemon theme naming right like like what oh oh like you, you <laughs> so so here's the thing instead of boomers it's diamond and pearl right okay okay because so the they're... baby boomers grew up in the era of prosperity and there's that famous tweet that's like why aren't millennials buying diamonds clearly diamond and pearl diamond and pearl for the boomers because they had the money to buy the diamonds and the pearls right Okay. Okay. Then we have we have uh Gen X, okay. Yeah. Gold and silver, slightly less, okay. Okay. And then for millennials, you're going backwards, right? You exactly. know in yeah, gens going you're going backwards. Okay. Yeah. And then for millennials, we have uh sword and shield cuz they suck. <laughs> cuz they suck. No, okay. So, yeah, so so for millennials we have sword and shield cuz they're constantly offended. And constantly on the attack. <laughs> All right, great, 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 great. Okay, and then for Zoomers, we have we have black and white because we're radical and new and cool. Uh, that that would make sense. And, yeah. way, and way and way better than the rest of the series. Yeah, and 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 objectively the best in the series. I was gonna say either that or we would be um, Coliseum. <laughs> And then we have Gen actually, X, Gale of Darkness. Dude, 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 actually, Coliseum's kind of right. You play as a former villain. It's got an overall darker, edgier tone. Yeah. Everything's all kind of rusty and criminal and underground. Very, uh, very strange Pokemon game. Very fun, so, though. I like So we Coliseum. have uh, the Boomers are Di- Generation Diamond and Pearl. Um, the Gen Xers are Generation Gold and Silver. Uh, millennials are Generation Sword and Shield, and uh, we are Gen Black and White. Great! I love it! Thanks, I 9-11. US history. 
Have you ever seen that image of uh, the fucking Veggie Tales characters that just yes, says never forget 9/11? Image. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Oh, it, I have a I have a joke with a friend of mine. Did you ever watch Veggie Tales growing up? N- uh, no. No, despite my despite uh, growing up Catholic, I did not watch Veggie Tales. So the funny thing is that I am Jewish and I watched Veggie Tales because a lot of Veggie Tales covered the Old Testament, okay. very specifically, um, mostly the movies and specials. So I watched Davy and Goliath or David and Goliath. I watched um, the uh, they they had one that was about idol worship, but it was about oh. worshiping a chocolate bunny, a giant <laughs> chocolate bunny, the, uh, Jonah. Jonah um, and the whale, uh, whatever that one's called. Um, I think it's literally just called Jonah. But Jonah is the prophet who had to go to Nineveh and tell the people that he didn't fucking want them there. But he didn't want to do it. It's cool cool you remember all this shit. Yeah, VeggieTales really, really made an impact on me. Um, but, But obviously I watched a lot of it, including the ones that weren't so Christian themed. Um, and, um... One of my favorite parts was always silly songs with Larry, where Larry would sing a silly song. Larry the Cucumber. Yeah. Yes. Um, That's where the pirate song comes from, right? We are the pirates who don't do anything. That's kind of we, a banger. That's oh, a yeah. bit of a... That, that's not kind of slap. Oh, by the way, the lie. pirates who don't do anything movie is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I actually... I watched that movie like seven times as a kid. I thought it was the funniest fucking thing on the planet. Now, now you, you just reminded me, because speaking of like these old CG cartoons, you know what I rediscovered the other day? What? Donkey Kong and the Secret of the Crystal Coconut. How do you forget about that? And the legend that? of the Crystal Coconut. How do you me. forget about it? I never forget. I just need to be reminded. Fair, fair. I rented that DVD from Blockbuster so many fucking times. Or VHS, probably, at the time. Yeah, no, I, I, I used to love all the pirate shanties. Um, and, uh, oh, they're great. Oh, they're so good. And the, and the, the Claptrap song. That's right, yeah, it's right at the end of the movie, right? Yeah. That's like at the big climax, the, he gets some Yeah, out. and then oh, there's the, the Gotta Get It Back song. The, 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 where it, that's a great song because it's three factions trying to get the Crystal Coconut, and they all have different histories with the Crystal Coconut. One of them wants to give it back to the Kongs because they think it's a trap, uh, the Kremlins. Donkey Kong has to get it back, and um, the, uh, the pirates want to steal it back since they stole it in the first place. They discovered it. Yeah. And they hit a, it in a. That, that's in a such cave. a goo. That's a dude. We need to do a Craighouse commentary on that fucking film. We do, but it's gonna turn into a sing along. Yeah. Ba- oh, basically, yeah. Because but once I start hearing some of the old songs again, oh, I'll be, I'll be humming right along. Yeah. No. And Donkey Kong has the smoothest voice of all oh time. Oh my god! Like He's way so good. too good. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the, the the actual actor for Donkey Kong is clearly someone else from the singer for Donkey yeah. Kong because the actor is like. Hey Diddy Kong, wanna come and uh, and go uh, play pranks on on Cranky Cranky. Kong? He sounds like he sounds like if if you put Dracula from Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy through a tree shredder, um, you took his vocal cords out and you put it through a tree shredder, and then the singer has like this like great like like I'm just gonna say it up front if this was if this was made in the 2000s like the late 2000s, Donkey Kong would have voiced Okuyasu in the English dub. Yeah, probably. Probably, um, but but then the the singer is like this buttery smooth voice, <laughs> like he doesn't have this horrible rasp. Fuck, some of those songs are funny too. I always remember the one he sings to the tower to know everything. Thing. You, you must, must give, give up, up everything. everything. It's so good. It's so fucking good. 
The Big Bog Monster is also a great track. Oh fuck yeah, that is a hot that is a hot track. I remember they having a bit of a nice nice little rhythm to it. I don't really remember how it goes though. Uh oh, and the Mirror Song that one's really powerful. Oh, the, oh I listened to the Mirror Song yesterday. That's why I brought it up. Is because the the Mirror Song got it got was in my YouTube recommendation, <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, this is this yo, this kind of hits though. This is kind of good. Oh, it's really good. The reflection tells the story of a pirate's life and glory. Trust your eyes. Arr, the mirror never lies. You should then, watch this. If you oh, yeah. we, we you know what everyone used to also right. fucking watch? Let me what? fucking tell you. Have you seen any of HBO's Spawn? No. I cannot fucking believe I did not know about that show until like two days ago. I just learned about it right now. So basically what what they did was HBO in the late 90s and like from 97 to 99, they did eight and 18 episode three season runs or 18 episodes total, three seasons, six episodes apiece run of Todd McFarlane spawn. And it's an and it's and it's an animated series. Oh, I do know about this because uh, I think it was come town. I'm trying to remember, but I, I, I listened to. You you laugh every time you hear the word come town. Uh, yeah, it's I, funny. I, I the thing is I don't listen to come town. It just show like the, the, like it's one of those podcasts that gets I don't f- I don't go to come town. Come town comes to me. And that's actually true because it's one of those things where it's like there, there's a couple channels that just get clipped. Like you might not watch JonTron videos, but boy oh boy, have you seen JonTron reactions? Yeah, you know or I'll like take um, your entire stock. Yeah, you've definitely yeah. seen that clip. Yeah, you've seen that clip. You've you've seen um, you know, I get it. I don't get it. Like you know, you, you, there's a couple clips you've just seen or bad touch, stranger danger. Like yeah, come town is one of those things where like people will clip their favorite parts of the show and like yeah. upload it to YouTube. And so they were talking about how the Spawn show had an intro from Todd McFarlane every yes! episode. Oh my god! So this is like the best part of every episode is Todd McFarlane opens up and he's like. What would you do if you saw the devil? Would you be scared, frightened, or would you find him funny with his with his goatee and hooves? Hi, I'm Todd McFarlane, creator of Spawn, and Al Simmons had to like he t- he doesn't exactly like that. But the best part is it's different every episode. He records a new intro every episode, asking you some bullshit about heaven and hell, and then he's like, "Yeah, Al's gonna have to deal with this, huh?" And he's like, and then it's a clip. And then the best part, and then the best part is, and then the best part is, he it, it plays a clip. It plays, he's like, uh, and, it, and it cuts to last episode on Spawn. And it gives you like a recap of what happened. And then he's like, so now Spawn, so turn off your lights. And that's all he says. It's like, usually there's another thing after the turn off, you know, turn, turn off your lights, grab a seat, turn off your lights, get comfortable, turn off your light, get some popcorn. No, turn off your fucking lights. You're watching Spawn. Do not fuck with me. You are watching Spawn, and I am telling you, as the creator of Spawn, Todd McFarlane, to turn off your fucking lights. If you have lights, I'm going to come to your house, and I'm going to kick your fucking ass for daring to watch HBO Spawn with your lights on. I'm going to fucking get you, motherfucker. I need I need a, an edit of him, like a, a picture of him, but with the, with the gun, uh, you know, the one where it's like the PNG of the hand with the gun. Yes, yes. Just, just turn, turn off, off your, your lights. lights. I'm Todd McFarlane. No, it's and now spawn so turn off your life we we need to start doing a crack house like intro with both of us or, or like one of us each week like after we record an episode like like for the for the the wacky packs episode it's like what would you do if you were a creator of a of a hit ip in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> 
What would you? What if? What would? What would you do if you decide to tell Miles you grinded at the bubbles for twenty minutes at the beginning of Zelda Two? Would you feel embarrassed, frightened, even, <laughs> or would you laugh at him for being a fucking, <laughs> fucking elitist mock speed motherfucker? We get. We got to come up with like, we just with different episodes. It's like, what would you do if you went to prison? Would you be scared? Would you be? You know. Uh, would you would you be prepared for um, to you, repent, what, or would you be aroused? What would you do if you found a rape ring inside your college, <laughs> your your high school's baseball clubhouse? What would you do if you were forced to listen to the entirety of uh, an entire uh, recap of Thirteen Reasons Why for an hour and a half? Would you run? Would you cry? Hi, I'm Miles J, <laughs> and this is the thing Sam is going to have creator, to deal with this creator week. of Hatsune Miku's Crack House. Yeah, creator of Hatsune Miku's Crack House. Turn off your lights. <laughs> Turn it, so turn off your lights. It's it's so fuck. It's so it's like it's not funny. Let me be clear here. This is not funny. This is not fucking funny at all. This is my sense of humor that I find Todd McFarlane telling me to turn off my lights fucking funny. Anyway, so spawn. And also, let me be clear. What would here. you do if you had sixty four Nintendo games right in front of you? <laughs> I, was th- I was thinking, of what the fuck we do with that? What would you do if your previous mortal enemy appeared on the podcast? <laughs> would you interview them? <laughs> would you cry? Would you defend your janky god hand video essay? <laughs> so turn off your lights. Yeah. Now Hatsune Miku's crack house, so turn off your lights. Hi, I'm Miles J, creator of, of Hatsune Miku's crack house. And we have a special guest today. Turn off your lights. I, dude, I'm totally making this fucking meme. I am totally making this meme the second we get off this fucking podcast. Anyways, so, spo- oh, the best part is of all this, that, like, this is the part I don't get, is he says all this shit, he gives his spiel, he says all, all his things, and by the way, it always opens, so it opens up with this, like, so, he's on a set, it's not like he's in a black room, no, he's on a fucking, they made a fucking set for these intros, he's on, like, a castle set, and there's fucking fog machine everywhere, and, it pan- and the camera pans over a bunch of crates, and then it does a close up of him dipping his pen in the ink and he's doing lines and then he and then he turns around and it's like it says his spiel. And then it fades to black on the next <laughs> I, I episode wish- on the on the last episode of Spawn, plays the last episode of Spawn, cuts back to him live action, and now spawn. So turn off your lights. Then back to the cartoon. I'm oh, like, why hi. did we could have just we could have just you could have just said now spawn so turn off your lights and then we play the last episode, then we get into the new episode. But whatever. Oh hi. I didn't see you there. What would you do if you saw the devil? I'll need to, I, I I hope I hope there's a there's like a uh the entirety of Spawn, but it's just Todd McFarlane like there on YouTube. Af- after like the an- after the Jonathan Frakes um stuff with um Factor Fiction, <laughs> there has to be. But uh but 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 anyways to to the actual cartoon the cartoons animated fucking spectacularly. Uh, it, it very much the color the coloring very much reminds me of like uh, the '90s Spider-Man show. If you've seen that, yeah, I, I do. I remember that. Yeah, very very similar coloring, but like way more fucking violent than that show could ever possibly get. And Spawn is Spawn is the coolest motherfucker. Uh, I think we both uh, both my friend Billy and I who we watched the entire. By the way, when him and I watch these superhero movies, we're always we're always laughing and we're memeing on shit and we're and we're we're talking back and forth about the film. Or whatever watching Spawn, we were fucking dead silent the entire time. That's how fucking invested we were and everything that was going on. And like Spawn's like definitively like the best black superhero just because he's the fucking baddest ass motherfucker around. He's so fucking sick. And like, do you know anything about? Do you know anything about Spawn? I do. 
Okay, so okay, so you know whole, the whole like gimmick and how he got his powers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. He's, he's so basically I, Faust from Guilty Gear. <laughs> no, from Faust. I, I don't know. I don't know what this is. Faust, Love of the Damned, uh, came out five years before Spawn, but he was based on Doctor Faustus, uh, the famous thing by Christopher Marlowe. It's like an you know old old uh, story and in, in, in a similar sense of like. Dante's Inferno or, or something along those lines where it's it's based on like Christian mythology and morality. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, but no, it, that sounds like the same fucking thing as Spawn. Yeah, Faust might be the inception for the concept for Spawn. Yeah, because he's been because uh, I, I read a lot about because I because I got really interested in Todd McFarlane. What else he did? And I got and he was and he was drawing the character design of Spawn since he was a teenager. So he had the idea for the the character design wise because he said the design was super important to him and spawns like one of my favorite character designs ever he's just like he is the coolest looking motherfucker like he's he's got these just the greatest cape and they do this fucking shot because he because basically spawn just hangs out in the slums like he's like batman but if batman was poor and had superpowers so he just hangs out in the slums with his fucking cloak on all the time and there's like a like a big church tower and he just hangs on top of the cross all the time and his capes flying in the wind it just is so fucking cool and what i love about it is what i like about a lot of superhero stories now which is really where, where it's it, it's emotionally high stakes but technically very low stakes basically yeah, the whole season is, one well, th that's the stories i like personally yeah, the climax of season one is him stopping a, a child butcherer. Like, that's the end of season one. Like, it's one of those things where it's, it's a very similar, like, part four, where it's like, yeah, it would suck if, if, if you know, Kiri Yoshikage got away, but, like, he would just stay in Morio and he'd keep killing people. It's not like, you know, oh, if we don't stop Thanos, we're fucked, you know? It's yeah, or, um, I'm trying to think, there, there was another movie I saw recently where I was like, these are the lowest stakes ever, and it's great. Oh, it's um, it's it's great, but but oh, yeah, the it, Mandalorian. I was like, yeah. the the stakes to the Mandalorian are probably higher than season one implies, but they seem low. Yeah, because it's like, and and obviously, like as a viewer, and when you're invested in the story, that shit doesn't really you don't really care about that. You just want to see, you know, you want to see Spawn succeed. You want to see this this bad guy get fucking taken down and get the shit kicked out of him by fucking Spawn. I would I would actually argue that that higher stakes are a really really great way to disguise a very thin boring plot that sucks. Very true. Look at Suicide Squad or Part Three of JoJo's yeah. Bizarre Adventure. I mean, well, well, Part Three ha is it does not have high stakes at all. It doesn't. Yeah, it has it has low stakes uh, as far as like Holly Joe Star goes. Um, yeah, yeah, like like. It's high stakes for jo Jotaro and Joseph because they got to go save but it's, their, it's, their mom and daughter. Allegedly high stakes for everyone who isn't involved because it's technically high stakes for everyone who knows how powerful Dio is. Yeah, that, that's that's sort of the thing. But but even so, like. Dio doesn't do anything in part three. He just chills in Egypt. He, like, yeah, he's he, when you really think about it, he doesn't. Enough, I would, he I would just honestly is a say dick. the part with the the part with the highest stakes is probably part two. Up until yeah, part no, six. Uh, no, it's, no, it is with, I mean, here's the, I have not finished part six, or seven, or eight, so, grain of salt. Part, like, part six has the absolute highest stakes of the entire franchise. Oh, okay. 
And I know part six retcons a plan in for Dio in part three. Yes. But also, for, I didn't read part six yet, so I only have part three to go off of. And if we take it as its own individual part, Dio's just kind of a douchebag, and Joseph's like, grandson, we have to go fuck this man up. He's a douchebag. Because our families hate each other. We had to go kick his ass. I, I, would, I would rate it as such, as far as stakes go, okay? I'd say part two, part, wait, part six, part two, part one, part seven... Those are probably equal to each other. No, you know what? No, I I actually take it back. Uh, part six, part si part two, part seven. Th this is hard, okay? Because the stakes of part two, if Cars becomes the ultimate life form, humanity might not be wiped out. We don't know what he's gonna no, do no, with hu it. Humanity will be controlled under the rule of Cars if if Cars is not defeated by Joseph. Right. So part seven is interesting because at least. I would say part seven is, has lower stakes than part two, because at the very least, America will be safe if Funny Valentine's plan goes through. At least one place in the world will be safe. Yeah, where I think the entire, I mean, here's the, I don't think Cars, was Cars' plan to wipe out humanity? I think, I think he wanted to just transcend humanity. Probably, yeah, to probably rule and consume and do whatever the fuck he wanted. But ultimately, having someone who actively hates us and is stronger than us is a significant threat yeah. um the implications of which are more important than the motivation um because because it doesn't matter what he wants to do as long as he has the power he can do it exactly have you ever seen code geass yeah yeah i, I have really... you ever seen code lyoko uh, yes uh unfortunately uh Dude, dude, I want to see a crossover between Code Geass and Code Lyoko because I think it would just be really fucking funny. Limbs see, versus foreheads. Oh, yeah, fuck <laughs> yeah. everyone is a lanky-ass shoujo-looking motherfucker in Code Geass. I kind of like that, though. It gives the show its charm. But I really yeah. like the end, the final big battle because it's either... You live under fear of the Damocles, or fucking you have K Emperor Lelouch uh, taking over the entire, who has already taken over the entire world. Yeah. So it's like you either live on fear of your country getting fucking annihilated by the Damocles and, and uh, uh, Sch uh, Schneisel, or you 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 deal with what you already have. It's, like, it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, this current election season. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Not gonna lie, <laughs> it's kind of true. Um. But yeah, so I, I I would say it's part six, part two, part seven, and all of those are like, we'll put those in a tier, okay? Part seven, or part part six is S tier. Hi, S tier stakes, S tier stakes. S tier stakes. Uh, part two and seven, A tier stakes. Okay. Where where the stakes are, are localized to humanity versus the part six one, which is localized to the entire planet. All okay. life. Yes. Um, then part, we'll do B tier. That is part one. I and would five. say part one. Yeah, I was gonna say part one. Actually, oh, here's the deal. Like, because no, I'm we just gonna say part one. Yeah. My my thing with my thing with with part one is we can assume Dio would spread his his, his influence. He just was cornered in um wing uh, wind night's lot. Wind night's lot. Thank you. Um, he would just happen to be cornered there. Yes. If, if Jonathan were to be defeated by Dio there, Dio would have probably continued to, d to bring his vampire terror across the entire world. 
Yeah, Whereas, I mean, you could, as opposed you to could Diavolo argue that, yeah. would not have left Italy, probably. You could D- argue Diavolo that, uh, is only trying to keep the status quo, basically. You could argue that part one has the same level of stakes as part two, then, theoretically. I, I, yeah, I, that's why I would say, I would actually, I would actually say part, part one, technically, is, I would put it below two. Because we don't, we don't, we don't fully get to understand the ramifications of that. But we can I assume, would, based on how Dio is, that Dio would not just fucking be chilling at Wing Night's Lot forever. No, he would, he would expand his influence and, and be evil and take over. But the I, world. I would, I would still put it below Part Seven since we don't know the ramifications. I know I would put it below. I would put it below. I would put it right below Part Two and Part Seven. Yes. Uh. So that's. But I would B-tier. put it in A tier. I would put it in A tier. Uh. I would put it in B tier. I think. Why? Because I, I think that ultimately Dio Brando, we know what Dio Brando would do with power is part three. Uh, and it turns out not much. Um, so. Yeah, but uh, but, I, but th- was there hold on, was there a reason he was just chilling in Egypt, not really doing anything? I and just kind of uh, waiting for them to come because he I, needs I guess the, the Joestar bloodline, right? He needs the blood to become perfect Dio, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the implication is that part three, like, I don't know. I mean, because here's the thing. If we're going to argue that part three and part one Dio, we could technically argue the stakes of part three and part one are identical since they're with the same threat, right? I mean, I, I guess, but it's it, it, it's different because D- Dio Dio's not technically th- Dio's not threatening anyone. This is the this is the problem. This is what like the anime does this shit right before they enter the castle, and it, and it play and it's the and then the narrator is like, yeah, Jotaro and, and Joseph are out to you know save their mom, and Kat joins out to prove himself, and I'm like, and then Polner is here, and I'm, I'm like, wait a minute, hold <laughs> on, stop, stop, stop. Half these people shouldn't fucking be here. Well, half it's, of these it's one people of these, have no stakes in this whatsoever. It, it's one of these things where I, I talk. I talked before. Stakes are imagined. Yeah, it's it's all fake. It's just very noticeable. Yeah, sta- stakes are imagined. Three. How much we care is the stakes. Yeah, you know. Um. So, like the threat of Thanos, the stakes of Thanos's reign are roughly the same as Ronan the Destroyer from Guardians of the Galaxy. The difference is that I'm afraid of Thanos. I believe Thanos is dangerous. I am not afraid of Ronan the Destroyer. Because of yeah. the tone of this series, I don't think he's a threat. I know the Guardians are going to do something, and it might be silly, and they're going to get out of this situation in a relatively goofy, light-hearted way. You know, That's- I'm not afraid of these people because the tone of the series has the stakes. Be lower. Um, yes. So, versus Thanos, where Thanos... In the first fucking ten minutes of the movie, you're like, "Fuck, this guy is gonna do it." Yeah, he's not fine, especially when he takes out the Hulk, arguably the the strongest Avenger they possibly have. Yeah. They're fucked. They're yeah. fucked. <laughs> yeah, and and so like we have, uh, you know, so so the stakes of 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 Infinity War are higher than the stakes of Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One, even though they're roughly the same as far as goal. Both of them want the Infinity Stones. Both of them want true, to commit yeah. mass genocide. But 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 doesn't but isn't Ronan's is yeah that's the thing is like Ronan's working for Thanos. Yeah, so theoretically speaking, the the stakes are identical to Infinity War. Theoretically, yeah, yeah I guess I guess we can we can we can I, again I say theoretically because ultimately it's just indirect in a way. Yeah, and this this doesn't really matter because at the end of the I mean at the end of the day it just comes down to like. When you read the part or watch it, and just however you feel, like yeah. So because here's the deal: if if Diavolo 
succeeds, nothing changes. He's already won. He's already winning. He's in the winning position at the beginning of the show, and he's at the beginning of the position until spoilers he loses, because bad guys lose. Like Yeah. Spoilers. So yeah. so I would I would put but I, but we can still talk about it on an objective, how many people are in danger. Yeah, and I, I and I I feel like I feel I, that, that's a great way to word it. How many people are in active danger during the plot, which okay. puts which, which puts, um, you know, which puts obviously part six at the top at, at the top S tier, a tier yeah. part two, then seven, two and seven, seven and two. because okay. humanity, humanity itself is in danger in both parts. The difference is one is all of humanity and the other is just things that aren't America. Mm-hmm. Um, part one is B tier because we don't necessarily know the extent of Dio's reign of terror, but we yeah. already know that it has extended to the British countryside and hundred. There are, I think, what five hundred casualties, something like that. Yeah, in part one, including it's, a, it's a small ship. town. That might just be the population of the town. I don't think I everyone think it's just was the affected. population of the town, literally, okay. including and then a steamship, um, yeah, and then our protagonist's life. Um, so even though the stakes are very personal, they're also very small scale. Um, and then I would put. I'd put three after after one. I don't know. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I made a mistake. I made, I made, I probably would put five than three. I would say, yeah, I would say five. No, I'd say three than five because part three at least has um, a personal stake too. There is yeah. a character that we like that is in danger um, in, in the form of Holly Joestar and Dio, the villain from the A tier one is back. And so theoretically, the stakes are similar. Um, and it also involves the lives of our heroes. That's the other thing is that it is that it involves Holly Joestar, the lives of our heroes, because Joseph and Jotaro, both of them are in danger of having their yeah. blood sucked. Um, so it involves the lives of our heroes. I think that's the, the, the big difference. Yeah. Part, part sta- five. Yeah. Because part five is unique in the sense where it's like, like uh, the, 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 the stakes are the state. The stakes are that if, if, Giorno and the gang lose the status quo remains the same and yeah, change is not seen it's, in it's one of the few parts where our hero is going after the a very villain. pro very pro, a very proactive story which I think is why people connect with it a lot yeah it, it's a character with a goal a dream if you will um uh, to get drugs off the streets yeah um Help so part out. but I, I would say part five is still below part four I, I can't say that I can't I can't I just can't because I, I like, don't know, because because here's Diavolo, the Diavolo. I mean, we see how big pa- Pashone is. Like, we see how big that that but, is. But here's and the, the thing. influence they have over the entire country yes, of Italy. But, but, but Kira's the- never going to leave Morio. He's not going to leave Morio. His goal, the reason he doesn't when he has the opportunity, is because that fucks with the plan, and the plan is to stay in Morio and live a quiet life. But but here's the thing: is that you have uh, a very different scenario, right? With um. With with part five, where, well, Pashon has a lot of control over Italy. Most of what the problem is, the conflict, is that they are still going to be, you know, well, I, I, that's the thing is we don't necessarily know. I feel like Giorno needed to stand for more than just drugs. It needed to be like Giorno wants to straighten out the police. Giorno wants to get drugs off the street. Giorno wants to, you know, uh, like, let's say, you know, he needs to know. I, I 
think there's more than just drugs going on with Giorno. Drugs are just the big one. Yeah, but but it needs to be it needs to be multiple things, and, and I think it needs to be things related to the other members of the group. I'm gonna rewrite part five. Okay, ready? Oh, here we go. I'm, and I'm, it's not that serious. Okay, um, Giorno is the same basically, yeah. but I think his ideals should line up with the ideals of the gang and their specific traumas. So we have Fugo who was molested, right? Maybe yeah. one one thing Jorna wants to crack down on is pedophilia, molestation, and rape. You know, something yeah. like that. Like he, like maybe maybe Passion. Their whole thing is that you know, like they 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 have their way with women. You know, Malone, for example. Yeah, Malone really should have been fought by Fugo. Well, well, the molestation thing is anime original. It is, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's a good idea. Yeah, I want more Fugo fights too. Purple Haze is fucking sick, but hey. I'll take the one. I'll take the fucking one time. You mean the half time? Oh, yeah, because the, the, the fucking literal, literal half. Um, Literally, the stand is out there just fucking just chilling in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, so, so, uh, but, but yeah, so we have that, and then maybe we have something with Narancha, like, yeah, you well, know. Mi- 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 Mista was mistreated by the police. He was wrongfully. Yeah, yeah mis- Mista and Abakio. And and I feel like both of like like well, if they were gonna it have, was corrupt police. That that's that was his whole thing. Yeah, I, I feel like if they're gonna have something with those characters, you have something with Abakio, right? Where yeah. Abakio, you know, he he still has his sort of thing with the police, and he sees Giorno. His goal is also to straighten out the police. Maybe he he realizes that the dream is worth fighting for because it would involve fixing the police. You know, thing, things like that. Obviously, Bruno, his whole thing is drugs. Um, so, like, like having Jorno specifically, his ideals line up with the rest of the gang, um, uh, in such a way where they, they not just see his resolve, but they, their backstory lines up with something that, that he, ha- that he can give to them when he is the leader. Um, you know, but, but, but that's just kind of my thing. But, uh, so, I don't know. Would we put, I think, yeah, so... I I, mean, I personally would put part five above part four in terms of overall general stakes because it's a country versus a town. So I would put part five above part four. OK, and then I would put part eight at the bottom. Yeah, I don't know what's going really going on in part eight, but I'm part, assuming part based that stakes it's... are literally just like the the fate of this one family. Oh, OK. Part part eight is the most small scale part, and it's fucking sick. Yeah, I, I remember you mentioned to me like a, I think it was a month or two ago, time's a fucking flat circle, um, that you said you read like the newest chapter and you're like, you know, I, I thought it was out, but he pulled me back in. Apparently it's pretty yeah, good. Oh no, I, I was out for the last like 20 chapters. I will say this. I think that part eight in the last couple chapters jumped from like one of my like lesser favorite parts because my, my ranking used to be seven, two, four, one, eight or six. I didn't know which. Three five, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's seven two eight four one six three five. Damn, damn, eight's so fucking high. It's not even done yet. I here's the thing. All Rocky has to do is stick the landing. Yeah, because he's already he's. Here's the thing. All right, are we ju- are we close? We're we're definitely close. He next jumped year, off you think we're gonna get the board. finale next year? Yeah, definitely. It's ending okay. next year easily. Um, but he jumped off the diving board. Okay. Perfect form. Now all he has to do is make the splash, and okay. it's got to be nice. It's got to be. A, it's got to be a good hamon. Got to be a nice ripple, um, as opposed to a big disgusting splash that gets all over the pool hall. Yeah. Um, 
And and I think he's going to do it. I mean, like so far, everything, the last 10 chapters have been great because it's all been happening within two hours, basically. Okay. All right. It's sort of like the, he, he revisited like the July 15th thing that they did for oh, the anime. Oh, okay. Okay. Where it's like the, the entire like very last good 10 change, chapters. Very good change, by the way. Yeah. Very, very good adaptation change. The last couple chapters have literally been taking place over one week. Okay. Uh, seven days to the harvest of the new Rokakaka fruit. It's a whole thing. I'm not going to be able to explain it on this episode. Thank fucking God, because I don't have enough time for that, nor do the fucking listeners, because we're at the end of this fucking show. Yeah, you want to call it for this week? Yeah, I do. I do want to call it. I want to tell people, watch Spawn. Spawn is so fucking good. Miles, I think you would really like it. I think you would really like it. I probably like would. I'll, I'll check it out. It's it's on HBO Max. It's it's pretty fucking sick. Make sure to fucking turn off your lights. I will. Or Todd McFarlane will will fucking kill me. Follow us on Twitter. Not to make crack house. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide. I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight. I just really wanna pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties. She's only five. Hey hey. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide. I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight. I just really wanna pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties. Hey, bitch, I'm about to fuck this cutie, so I whip out my katana and I knock this little bitch out with just one hit like I'm Saitama. Why you act like you retarded, like little bitch, I don't want drama. I still hit when she says no, don't understand when she don't wanna. Hey, sword fighting with my penis like I'm in a fucking dojo. All these bitches want me like my name was fucking JoJo. Asian penis is too tiny like it was a no show. Bitch, don't watch a coochie, watch anime with the bros though. Say my motherfucking bitch, I might pull up, give those thighs a little motherfucking kiss. And man, if you talking shit, tell Ryuki on a list. Yeah, your sister is my groupie she take this anime dick okay okay like little bitch i don't care if that fat ass is too deep score a bounty on that pussy you can call me spike lee putting out fire getting ice bitch i'm todoroki and if you got some shit to say then you can say it to me anime thighs when she open up so wide i got a twinkle in my eye asian pussy is so tight i just really want to pipe oh my gosh she got them big ass titties she's only five anime thighs when she open up so wide i got a twinkle in my eye asian pussy is so tight i just really want Please, can you just give me head? Please, just get on your knees, bitch. I'll beat up that ass like my name is Bruce Lee, and I'll eat up that pussy like I'm Kaneki. Hey, Asian people driving, are they even trying? I be buying all this hentai, so I jerk it. I'm not lying. Now I'm sighing, cause I want Hatsune Miku. Now I'm crying. When I fuck anime bitches, I'll be moaning and be whining. Hey, thick thighs look sexy, even when especially she decides to wear her dress. Ooh, nuzzles on my neck. Now we laying on the bed. Man, I love my body pillow, especially giving head. You know what's next. Anime thighs when she open up so wide I got a twinkle in my eye Asian pussy is so tight I just really wanna pipe Oh my gosh she got them big ass titties She's only five <laughs> That was gay